following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Friday, ladies and gentlemen, we are officially here. We are less than one week from the NFL Draft 2021. I am your co-host, Kyle Rainey. I'm joined, as always, by my beautiful co-host, Mr. Gary Holt. It's the final countdown. We're getting there, dude. Yeah, uh, we're grinding. This upcoming weekend is going to be incredibly brutal. A lot of things to do before we can uh, present you wonderful people with a live feed. That's right, live, L-I-V-E, not live live. Only on our Facebook and our Twitch pages, at Tiki Tribe TV, capital T, capital T, capital TV. Yeah, we're going to get our makeup crew and make us look pretty. Give me a haircut. Uh, We've got... Professional lighting. We've got a professional studio. It's called a tiki bar. We aren't going to be drinking. At least I'm not going to be drinking. Um, however, uh, enough of the good news. The bad news. Unfortunately, today we are without our projected guest. Uh, our buddy Brandon had some stuff going on at home. Uh, hopefully, everything gets a little better for him. He'll be on soon with us. Uh, so we decided to throw a curveball in here, guys. We're going to go over some NFL news, and then we're going to discuss some small school prospects, guys you might not have heard of in the draft prospect, who might make a big deal in the big game. Yeah. it's definitely a, a ton of names on this list that we've heard of, because uh, we did our homework on some of these prospects, but uh, definitely a lot of guys that, um, on the stat sheet, at least make your eyes pop. Yeah, and I mean, you'll get that a lot with these... These uh, low D1, D2 guys. Um, but it doesn't mean they're always going to be good. But some of these guys have some really good measurables as well that pop. But before we get to that, let's start with our NFL news for the week. Um, the Seattle Seahawks re-signed Geno Smith. Let me be honest here, Gary. Didn't even know he was still in the league. Didn't know he was still in the league. Um, hopefully his jaw is fixed. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure he's at least a capable backup. Um, but yeah, it looks like he's... Gonna stick around and he's gonna back up Mr. Russ Wilson. So, best of luck to Geno Smith. Um, Adrian Peterson announcing he has intentions to sign with a contender. My question is who still wants contender who still wants to sign him that's a contender? Yeah, um, you may want to sign with a contender, but a contender may not want to sign with you. Bingo. It's just like she's just not adding to you. <laughs> um, the 49ers signed former Raiders edge Arden Key and former Giants running back Wayne Gallman as the guy. This actually a guy we touched on on Monday's episode about visiting there. Uh, officially pulls the trigger and goes ahead and signs there. I personally think it's a very good signing for them. Um, excuse me, they've always been very good at getting the best set of running backs. Matt Breda. Yeah. Um, it's just the scheme and the, the blocking. Exactly, and Breda's gone. Tevin Coleman's gone. Jarek McKinnon's gone. Wayne Goldman's going to get a real chance here to to 
have some games. Yeah, and I think he's got a, a much better situation now than he did um, with the Giants York. behind Saquon. And even with uh, with Saquon going down, just the Giants were just such a mess offensively anyway. Um, Missing think, left tackle, they they tried replacing him and it just never worked. Not much and, of a pass game going on. Uh, but yeah, best of luck to Wayne Gallman. Best of luck to Arden Key. Arden Key, I believe, is an LSU player. Um, Justin Fields announces he has dealt with and battles epilepsy. Uh, has never had it affect him on the field. Generally, his family members who have dealt with the same thing have grown out of it in their twenties. Uh, just a kind of a kind of a cool story to see Justin Fields performing at the level he did. Yeah, with this, they mentioned. I was reading an article. Um, they mentioned that he hasn't had like an episode or whatever in, a, in quite, quite some, time. some time. So you know, hopefully the best, and hopefully that stays away. But you know, best of luck for Justin Fields, a guy that I think Gary and I have talent wise as the number three receiver or number three quarterback in the entire draft class. Um, I think he's going to be a consummate pro, and best of luck to him. Uh, the NFL has approved a couple different rules. Um, I will actually go over two of the minor ones, but there's another bigger one beyond that. Um, in the preseason, amending rule number 14, there's an elimination of overtime in the preseason. For one year only, establish a maximum number of players in the setup zone. I don't know what that means. Uh, add a loss of down for a second forward pass from behind the line and for a pass thrown after the ball returns behind the line. That's a Rams proposed rule. And the main rule here, the rule that Tom Thomas Brady does not like here, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs proposed and the rule has been passed to expand the jersey number options for certain positions. Basically what that means is it's a free-for-all with jerseys now. I think that's kind of cool. I think it's cool. I don't think there's an issue with it. It's going to be cool to see like a... An offensive lineman wear, like, number two. It's not that open. I'm trying to find <laughs> um, trying to find exactly what the numbers are on here because I had a whole list of who can do what, and it's not loading. Damn you, Twitter. I know skill positions can wear more numbers. Skill positions can wear pretty much everything except for 50 through, 50 through 70 and the high, in the high 90s, I think, is what it is. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen, like, a even in college, I don't think I've ever seen, like, a number 50 at running back or receiver. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure it's similar to college rules. I, I don't know I do why. think a quarterback from Michigan a little while back wore, like, an 88 or 99 or something like that. Something absurd, yes. I thought I retweeted this, and apparently I did not. Uh, NFL numbers... Okay, so NFL clubs agree to a new rule that will expand jersey number options for certain positions. Defensive backs can wear anywhere from number 1 to 49. Running backs, fullbacks, tight ends, uh, halfbacks, and wide receivers can wear between 1 and 49 and 80 to 89. Uh, I'm not seeing specification on quarterbacks. I'm guessing they're keeping the same numbering. Maybe. Um, The offensive linemen have to wear between 50 and 79. The defensive lineman can wear between 50 and 79, 90 to 99. Linebackers can wear anywhere from 1 to 59, and then 90 to 99 as well. That's pretty cool. Devin Gardner? Yeah. He was a wide receiver, wasn't he? Former football quarterback. Oh. I know he played quarterback for like a couple of seasons. I think he played receiver at the pro level. 
if I'm not mistaken. It's like 6'4", real big guy. Did he play... It says he was only... I think he signed with New England as wide receiver. He didn't really have a quarterback in the NFL. He did sign with New England as a wide receiver yeah. and then signed to the Pittsburgh Steelers practice squad as a quarterback instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but correct, did not have a career in the NFL. One of those, um, one of those weird stats that you remember. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like... Speaking of weird stats, uh, how many times did we see this guy get burned last year? The CL Seahawks, adding to an already terrible secondary, have signed former Colt, former, I believe, Brown, and former Jet, Pierre Desir. Not exactly a great year last year, hoping to bring it back with a Seattle Seahawks defense that wasn't also great. As, as if Seattle needs more bad defensive backs. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, and I know this one's got to bug you, Philadelphia Eagles declined to name Jalen Hurts the starter of the team. Yeah, um... It almost makes you think if they're going to just pick a quarterback in the first round. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they might have something up their sleeves, or are they going after somebody like Deshaun Watson? Yeah, it's a possibility. I mean, it's it's a taboo name. Nobody wants to talk about it right now, but as of right now, nothing's happened. And for a team that would be in desperate need of quarterback, uh, how desperate are you talking? Right. Um, the Seattle Seahawks, Alden Smith, signed there a week or so ago. Five sacks last year with the Cowboys, arrested on battery charges. Interesting to see how that goes this offseason. Um, Antonio Brown is expected to re-sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I believe I had that with a name to it, but I don't remember who said it. I think it was Field Yates. Did they give a price tag? They didn't give a price tag yet. They didn't say it was official, but they said in the coming days after everything was cleared with his off-field issues. Um, quarterback Alex Smith retires after a long battle back to the league and another year back in the league. Uh, apparently the Jags tried to make a play at him. They did, he and he decided to retire instead of signing with the Jags, ultimately knowing he was just going to be a backup, a backup there. Uh, tight end Jordan Reed retires from the league. That was one due to health and safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said he met with a neurologist, everything that he was told about his, his head issues, uh, circumstances off the field, he was told goes down to his post-concussion syndrome, and he'd be smarter to walk away from the game, so he did. Yeah, and especially with these guys um, later in life developing problems, health issues, yeah. and CTE is a really big problem later in life. Uh, definitely a smart decision. Uh, best of luck to him in his retirement, and... A talented player walking away from the game. Absolutely. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers extend head coach Mike Tomlin to three extra years. Uh, I believe he's there through 2025 now. Uh, will be a full term 2024. At the end of his contract, he'll be at 19 years as a coach of the Steelers. It's got to be one of the at least longer longest, tenured coaches yeah, in the league right now. Active, yeah. It's uh, probably Belichick and maybe him. Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Belichick, Payton. Tomlin, and then I think shortly after that is Pete Carroll. Yeah. Um, Harbaugh might be ahead of Pete Carroll. Ravens. Yeah. Because he was there in 2010 or every year they won the Super Bowl. Um, the Miami Dolphins <clears throat> sign offensive tackle DJ Fluker, former first, second round pick a couple of years ago. Never really panned out to his potential, but a quality player in the league as is. Uh, going to help the Dolphins hopefully shore that lineup. 
Yeah, if he ends up, doesn't end up being a starter, it could be a depth or like a swing guy. Uh, definitely good signing for the Dolphins. Absolutely. Uh, but let's get into this. Uh, we're not going to make this episode entirely too long this week. But we do have 12 players out of, um, we'll say small schools. Some of these might be viewed as bigger. Yeah, the uh, only reason we picked them is because they're like, they're not. Under the radar yeah, guys. Under the radar guys kind of, kind of making a name for themselves. Uh, the first guy we have on here is Dwayne Eskridge. Gary and I actually touched quite a bit on him. We had him, I believe, both as a top ten receiver yeah. during our preliminary receiver yeah, draft. Yeah, early on. Um, I still think he's a very good receiver. He's he's a former D-back that transitioned back and forth with the two positions due to injury on the roster. Um, he had some high-end production. He's a well-developed receiver in the end, and he, he's got that mentality of a defensive player, which you kind of want. You want a guy, if they're not necessarily going to win a jump ball, if that ball's going up, to break up the pass, at least. And if I'm not mistaken, he was one of those guys that also played special teams. Yes. Um, I mean, his scheme fit in the NFL is a, probably about a number three receiver with the potential to turn into a consistent number two or a slot, but he's going to probably be a day one kick returner or punt returner. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's really going to help that he's got that to his resume, considering he's a smaller school guy. Um, punt returning and kick returning will get you on a team he if you have the ability. One of the other things that really kind of helps him as well, he's a, he's a violent run blocker. Yes. Um, it almost makes me think of like a, a Robert Woods, mm-hmm. a poor man's Robert Woods. Um, his numbers last year at, with Western Michigan, 34 catches, 784 yards, 23.1 yards per catch average, and eight touchdowns. Former uh, school for Corey Davis, I believe. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, Corey Davis is... By far not a number one blow away talent, but if he's giving giving you that type of production, and if he has anywhere near that, then I would say that's a successful career. So he's far. he's also proven he can run the ball when when given the option, kind of like um, Curtis Samuel. One rush attempt in twenty twenty for twenty seven yards. Um, his freshman year, because I believe he's a redshirt senior. His freshman year, he had six rushes for fifty yards. So I mean, averaging well over five yards a carry. Um, going as far back as his sophomore year, averaged more than 15 yards a catch. So he's that burner type. He's not going to be your your to-the-sticks guy, and I guess that's where he's a little different than Rob Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he looks like he's a good route runner, and he's a, he's a very nice addition to your team besides just being a guy in, your, in the pass game. He's right. a guy you're going to keep out on the field for special teams, for... All the parts aside. Might end up turning out like a Isaiah McKenzie kind of thing. Yeah, a gadget tool. Um, but no, I, I I really like what he brings. He's probably going to be the most well-known player on this list, however. Mm-hmm. Uh, next guy out of the... Out of Northern Iowa. He was a redshirt senior as well. Six foot, eight and a half inches. Oh my. 314 pounds. He's a mammoth. Uh, played right tackle, Spencer Brown. Uh, he's a little bit leggy, somewhat high cut when it comes down to it, his blocks. But I mean, what do you expect out of a guy at six eight? It's not like he's going to be able to get squat depth and and push. Right, and your right side of the line is usually a run blocking yeah type of guy. And the fact that he plays at six eight at right tackle, he's going to be highly sought after because right tackles are usually not a diamond dozen like a left tackle. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing. It's he's he's a right tackle. He's he's rather athletic for. For the fact that he's playing at that size, 
And he's got a high football IQ, which helps him use his length to get his advantage on the edge. Um, he's been sufficient in the FCS. He's going to project ultimately to probably have an average lateral mobility when redirecting inside. But ultimately, he's probably better fit for like a vertical passing scheme. He'll eventually be a guy who's at the worst rotational right tackle. I can see this being a Baltimore pick. Yeah. Um, right tackle, heavy guy. Realistically, he's going to be like a, a third rounder, yeah. third to fourth rounder. I could see Baltimore gladly taking a swing on Spencer Brown just to, hey, we brought in, we've got Villanueva in, we don't know what what exactly is happening with Orlando Brown, we need youth there. Why not? It's You're not going to pay him a bunch this year. He's got the capability of, of panning out, really. And he's a natural right tackle. So. And he's got some nastiness to his game. He's he's the kind of guy you want, I think, in that run block mm-hmm. that Baltimore's looking for. Hell, I, I as a Buffalo Bills fan, I'd take him at that size, size happily. Um, this is a guy you asked to speak on here. Uh, not necessarily a small school, but a small prospect because there's such a small sample size for him. Mm-hmm. Quarterback David Mills of Stanford. He's a guy who's really kind of jumping up the list now. Yeah, there's been a ton of buzz just in the last couple weeks. Um, I guess a lot of teams like this pro day. Um, I've heard also teams not like this pro day, but I think more teams have liked this pro day than not like this pro day. There was an article I read um, that he just throws the ball naturally. He's got a nice little progression. progression. Nice. Um, and then some guys were like, oh, well, it's it's not special. He's just going to be – I was reading a quote saying, um, I'm not going to be surprised if he's a middle-of-the-road starter down the road three years from now. Or um, a solid backup. Yes. Um, I mean, the Draft Network has him build as an ideal role of being a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's got quick timing. He's, this is the quick timing pass offense with a downfield vertical throw. Mm-hmm. What does that sound like to you? That sounds like if New England balks in round one, maybe New England's interested in somebody like like David Mills to run that exact offense that yeah. Brady was good at for I mean, years. A quick timing what, passing offense. That's probably what they were hoping Stidham was, was able to do. Yeah. It just hasn't turned out that way. Um, the good thing about like Stanford and being in the Pac-12 is it's a very pass-heavy Which conference. I think that's where everybody got concerned because he didn't do that much. I mean, in five games this year, his highest passing yardage was 472. His completion percentage is there. Besides the first game against Colorado, their only loss... Um, the lack of touchdown production pro- or projection production was, I think, a concern. But the intangibles are there. He's going to be somebody, like we said, is going to be a third to fourth rounder. That's going to need developing. Right. But in that system, like like we said, in a New England, in a, I hate to say Houston, but a New England, a Houston, someplace that's got a Belichick descendant. Right. I mean... There, there's mocks of him being drafted to Tampa Bay in the first round. I've seen gross two, at least two. But mocks. so that's the thing again. I just said he's similar to what Brady's done. Mm-hmm. I guess if nothing else, if you're Tampa Bay, if you can get him in the second round, why would you not bring him in? Hey, you've got a similar style to Tom Brady. We want you to learn from Tom Brady. Right. So intriguing prospect nonetheless. Um, by far. Not gonna be a lock to succeed. No, not 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 at all. Um, but definitely after his pro day, um, a little nod his way. 
Interesting nonetheless. Um, Quinn Mainers, six foot three, three twenty, interior offensive lineman out of NCAA D one Wisconsin Whitewater. So that's lower. Yeah, it's it's lower D one. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, He's a guy who's going to be a well developed player. He's played thirty three games across his career at Wisconsin Whitewater. He's got the guard body type that you want, and he's a str- he's a very strong frame. He was playing strictly left tackle in 2019. Seems comfortable there, so that's something that other teams might not necessarily be super excited about, being that, okay, can we shift him to right guard? Can we shift him to center? It uh, doesn't seem like he's got a whole bunch of ability to be a stopgap or a plug player. It seems like he's going to strictly play left guard or have a hard time getting off of there. But he's he's a player build as having Herculean strength. He's ridiculously strong, and he's able to create and sustain high levels of production. Um, he's probably going to get, if he's going to get any time anywhere, he's going to be probably a guard at 6'3", um, low yeah. center of gravity. If he's that powerful, it, it almost reminds me of like a, a Wyatt Teller kind of guy. Absolutely, and I mean that's the thing. He's gonna be going around the same same spot Wyatt Teller did. I don't believe Wyatt Teller played at a big school either. No. Um, Who's developed into a very very good guy? I'm a little bit salty. No, I mean Wyatt Teller played at Virginia but I think, Tech, but I think we got Milano out of Teller. I believe it, I don't know. Same year. No, is the same year okay? I believe so. Whatever. I I still am a little salty about it. He was a good player. Um, but no, I I mean you're completely right. He's very similar to Wyatt Teller. Just in the fact being, Teller was 2018 pick five, so or fifth round. They were the same exact round, I believe. Um, off the fact that he's going to need a lot of time coming out of Wisconsin Whitewater, he's got the ability down the line to maybe not this year, but give it two training camps as a developmental player to potentially be a very strong, very stout left guard in the league. But that's another guy to keep an eye on there out of Wisconsin Whitewater. Uh, this is a guy I don't think we can beat his name further across this podcast. From like episode one up until probably the draft happens. Everyone's getting sick of it by now, probably. Uh five foot nine, a hundred and seventy-four pound wide receiver out of Houston, Texas, from the North Texas Mean Green, Jalen Darden. Uh kid who the last two years has had twelve and nineteen touchdowns this past season, seven cut or seventy-four catches for one thousand one hundred and ninety yards. Averaging 16.1 per catch. Um, he's dynamic. He's explosive. He's a threat whenever the ball's in his hands. His stature's going to hurt him. He's not the tallest guy. But the vertical receiving skills and the ability to get open, mm-hmm. his ability to cut, to just open it up off the line is ridiculous. He's going to benefit. And this, this is something where, like, I, as a Bills fan, I've been dreaming to bring Christmas. him here. What? Of a white Christmas. No. <laughs> no, there's enough white shit flying right now in the middle of it is April. Um, he's a guy that I would love for Buffalo to basically redshirt his rookie year, get him in the fifth with one of those two fifth-round picks, and let him learn from Cole Beasley. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a very bright future in this league, and I think he's going to be a very good player. Um, as anybody who listens to this knows, if he's just a flame-out, we're going to have hate mail. Oh, I know. But if he does end up being, like, a stud, man. It's going to depend on what team. I just hope he doesn't get drafted to a team that's just... Houston. Yeah. <laughs> Houston or, I don't know. 
But I I, he's going to need a team that's got a decent quarterback. Absolutely. But, no, that's our... Can you uh, imagine with Green Bay, dude? <laughs> our guy, uh, Jalen Darden. Uh, the next guy out of another, actually another same school here as Spencer Brown, out of Northern Iowa again, six foot six and a half edge rusher, two sixty two. Are they feeding these guys? Senior edge rusher Ellerson Smith. His stats don't really jump off the paper all that much here, but the athleticism he shows is phenomenal. Um, I guess the real big stat because he didn't get a chance to play this past year. Uh, five total tackles, three sack or three solo, two assist, one sack. I don't know how you get these numbers. I don't know if this is incorrect. Five forced fumbles. Hmm. So that, his, those those stats might be incorrect. I'm gonna look that it up. Says actually. his best fit would be a three four scheme. Um, but a sub package edge player would be his ideal role here uh, on our little cheat sheet. Okay, so ESPN is very incorrect on their stats. I thought he had higher stats than this when I was looking at him earlier. Um, show me the stats. Show me the stats. Come on now. Okay, can you show me your stats here? Okay, it here we go. Being a big-bodied guy, he's very agile. Well, also playing against a team or playing against some weaker competition here. Total stats from last year. This is okay. This is ridiculous. Total tackles, sixty-three as an edge rusher. Twenty-one and a half tackles for loss. Hmm. I'm wondering if that like three-four scheme, or if he was a stand-up linebacker and they just call him an edge. I'm pretty sure he was a stand-up linebacker in college, but fourteen sacks. Oh my goodness. Fourteen sacks, five forced fumbles. An accumulated 91 yards lost when he sacked the player. Um, Every time he got his hands on the quarterback, he dragged him down. He had 14 quarterback hits to match 14 sacks. Um, I thought those numbers were a little incorrect on that from him. But out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, the size is ridiculous. I think he's going to be somebody who... He's going to be a project, don't get me wrong. But if For he can, scoop. if he can bulk up a little bit and and get a little bit stronger off the edge, mm-hmm. he's going to be a player that I think could end up being that mid round stud that people don't mm-hmm. expect. Uh, but yeah, Ellerson Smith, Northern Iowa. I don't know that any time I've ever seen a Northern Iowa player, let alone two in the top. Oh, I know <laughs> six rounds. Um, another guy you and I have touched on quite a bit, Gary. Um. Wide receiver out of South Dakota State. I believe Jamin brought him up. Jamin did bring him up. Jamin also liked him. Uh, his stats spoke for themselves. Oh, he's he's small of the Jackrabbits. Yeah. South Dakota State Jackrabbits. A senior, five ten, one seventy five. So again, unfortunately, losing some weight or losing some height there. Um, only has two seasons that you can call his stats. Did the South Dakota State did not play at all this past season. 2018, 67 catches, 1,332 yards, and 17 touchdowns. 17 damn touchdowns. 2019, 72 catches, 1,222 yards, and 8 touchdowns. Um, he's a proactive athlete with regards to speed and short area uh, or short area agility. He's not going to give you a whole bunch of run blocker in the run game because he's not very big. 
Um, but he's going to win those battles in, in the passing game. He's probably going to be a slot receiver at the next level. He's relatively elusive once the ball's in his hands. Um, Draft Network thinks he's going to be a bottom-of-the-roster receiver. I think he's this is a guy I can see, Gary, as a fifth-round pick to Green Bay being an immediate impact player. I like Kay Johnson's upside. I think the fact that he's proven he knows how to get in the end zone. Does he have any special teams ability? Uh, not that I'm seeing. Oh, it says bottom. Bottom of the roster receiver with return with return upside. So, oh, so yeah. maybe he does. Okay. But I could see him being a guy, I mean, 17 and 12. That's 29 touchdowns in two years. Yeah. That's, you don't teach the ability to get in the end zone. Especially if he's battling for that. I think it's easier for like small school guys at the receiver and running back positions to succeed than it is for quarterbacks. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I want to actually, before we go on to another rant about a player who I'm going to have the wrong stats on, we'll get those stats correctly here. Holy shit. Okay, so let's... Alright, uh, another player here. Offensive guard out of Grambling. This is the big dude. Not height-wise, weight-wise. Redshirt senior out of Grambling. Six foot one and a half inches. Gotta add the half inch. Makes it look mm-hmm. a little less. Um, 350. David Moore. This uh, this here is going to call that he's got the ideal guard body type. Well, you don't say. Yeah. He looks like a circle. <laughs> Uh, compact frame. <laughs> He's just a big, what, yeah, a big, Shrek. A big slab of stone. Shrek is in the middle. Um, shown the ability to have outstanding power and just yeet guys. Yes, I said it. Yeet guys. Um, something that's that's been nice, listed well. Granted, he played against lesser competition. He's a guy who likes to pursue a block. Instead of waiting for the action to come to him. He's going to run with his guys. Looks for work. Yes, he's going to road grade, basically. He's going to look for work. He's going to show that he's powerful. um, But he can also pull as well. Balance is kind of an issue with him. He's got short arms. (laughs) Um, Sounds like a T-Rex, honestly. Sounds like (laughs) me when I played offensive line. (laughs) Um, He's a guard that has the ability to turn into a starter a couple years down the line, like some of the other players we talked about. He's more of a developmental player, but he, unlike who Quinn Menners, he's a guy who seems like he's a little bit more able to bounce around the line and play different positions. Probably more of a fifth, sixth rounder, but a guy who, in the right scenario, that's a guy who I think you want in New Orleans, in in Baltimore, New Orleans, a guy where they have veteran starters in place that can teach these young guys how to be a consummate pro. Um, but David Moore. Gary's over here looking at basketball jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> um, next on this list, out of the Tulane Green Wave, we have edge rusher Cameron Sample, 6'3", 274. It's actually kind of undersized. A little bit undersized. Um, I believe he was a guy who... Played D tackle throughout college, Um, but the numbers really kind of jump off as being more of an edge, anyways, out of the D tackle spot. Probably, probably very quick, I would guess. Yeah, um, he's a potent bull rusher, is what they're calling. A little bit odd for being today's age. Probably got a very. If he's a bull rusher, he's probably like 
very quick off the line. Low powerful, low mm-hmm. low center of gravity, quick off the line, uh, heavy hands help him control. And he's there. You go. He started the point of attack. Yeah. Um, he had fifty one total tackles last year. Seven and a half for a loss. Five sacks. One forced fumble. So not exactly the most eye popping numbers, but a guy who I think, a guy who's not necessarily going to be a three down edge in the league. He's going to be a first two down run stuffer who also has the ability to get after the quarterback if needed. Um, undersized, as we said, could be something that drops him, but I could see him as a project player in rounds five to seven. Yeah, He's um, a day three guy for sure. And a lot of these teams that don't get the chance to take an interior offensive lineman in the top rounds are definitely going to be looking for it. Um, teams, especially teams... <clears throat> Maybe like Kansas City, who, um, if they don't get a chance to take who they're looking for in the first round, um, and got, the top guys are going, then maybe, hey, take a swing at these guys. Absolutely. This is another player that looks like we have to correct our stats on. Um, we do, because it made him look a lot worse. I meant D-tackles. No. no, 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 I know that, but... I said interior, interior, D, or interior O-line. I meant D-line. So they don't have depth. they have much depth on their D line, Kansas City. I know that KC? They, yeah. Chris Jones. I know, but that I meant depth. I don't know why this is incorrect. Um we've got another guy here. A bit more interesting here. A longer pressed corner out of a small school. Uh, six foot plays longer than his actual size. One ninety five. Robert Rochelle of Central Arkansas. He's gonna be able to play press and man. Tore his ACL during his senior season of high school. Um, if he played at a bigger school, he would have had the ability of being a probably top three round pick. He had ten total interceptions in three years of playing. They did not play last year in twenty twenty. That was the school. It's uh, they did play in twenty twenty. Okay. Um, no interceptions last year, 27 total tackle, tackles, um, 10 picks in the three years prior, 77 total tackles in the three years prior as well. Looks like they just kind of decided to just not target him. Which could be a very good thing. Yes, that's generally a great yeah, thing. Um, because it's not even like he had a pass breakup number that was high. He had three passes broken up. Last year. Yeah, maybe he kind of stepped his game up and teams were like, hey, this guy's an animal. We're not going to throw at him. Yeah, it's it's a guy who looks like defense is really respected. Uh, do I have... Especially being a press man corner, those ones are... Like, those guys are usually pretty rare. Um, you'll get good man corners, but the ones that are, hey, I'm in your face, we're going to bet all day kind of thing. It, it looks to be exactly what Rochelle is here. Um, he's... he's been able to punch out a couple forced fumbles. It's one of those guys where you got to wonder if he's he's a practicer of the peanut punch. Mm-hmm. Um, ESPN's got him listed as 6'2", as opposed to what the roster has him at 6'. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely got some length to him. Rochelle's going to be a guy that's probably a 5th to 7th rounder as well. It's kind of how we plan to do all of this. Um, but a guy that nonetheless could be a very nice piece here. As somebody who doesn't necessarily have to have a starter, this is this reminds me of last year's pick for Buffalo. Um, who's the cornerback Buffalo grabbed last year? 
Uh, Dane, Dane Jackson. Dane Jackson, yeah. Very similar to that, it makes me think. Um, wide, or tight end. Next uh, next guy on this list here. Let's see if I can actually get his stats up. Zach Davidson out of Central Missouri. Kid who had 15 touchdowns last year. Oh, yeah, this is the guy you were texting me about this the other day. This is the guy I was texting you about the other day. i got to see if I can find his actual stats here. Uh, his 40-yard dash time did not really impress, only running a 4.64, but then again, as a tight end, that's not the worst time. 77-inch wingspan. Why do I not get stats? Damn it. Okay, well, I guess they're not going to give me stats on him, but 14 touchdowns last year. A guy who was brought on to be a punter at a D2-level school. Hmm. No intentions of him being a tight end. But I guess when you're 6'7", and you can run reasonably fast, and you can average more than 19 yards a catch, you can also be the tight end for the school as well as the punter. Um, So, I guess high enough upside where you're willing to take a tight end, and you can get a punter out of the same deal. Yeah, maybe they, on a fourth down and 17, they throw him a screen and he just boots the ball. I mean, I mean, what what do you do in that situation? <laughs> and that's one of those things where I guess you'd have to respect it because you could line a double. Oh, could you imagine that? You run a double puncher double backfield. I wonder if that's legal. You line him up like a running back. You line him up in that spot where he's blocking. Mm-hmm. He's who's a tight punting? end. Who's exactly. <laughs> who's punting? And okay, the puncher gets it, and he goes out and rolls off for a pass. Like, yeah. Right. Whoo! That's some just Franco sounded. Mm-hmm. That's some fun options there. Uh, out of a tight end out of Central Missouri that nobody's ever heard of. Um, the final player I think we've got today, Gary, out of a school that's near and dear to our hearts, uh, out of the Coastal Carolina Shants, Shanta Clears for anybody who cares. Um, running back C.J. Maribel. He was a very productive weapon. He showed the ability to pass catch. We watched actually some tape on him in our. Sleeper pick yeah. that we did. I think um, Dreads, if I remember. He kind of. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, his rushing yards were never really there. He's a pass catching guy. He's a pass catching guy. I mean, thirty one, thirty eight, and fifteen catches. In twenty twenty, he had a grand total of nineteen touchdowns. Averaging over five yards carry, so like that's a that's a pretty big thing. It just looks like they didn't run the ball to him that much. Uh, one sixty nine for eight hundred eighty seven yards and twelve touchdowns this past year. Two oh four for one thousand eighty five and eleven the year before. Um, I mean, grand total in college. Uh, eight eighteen twenty nine forty one touchdowns in three years. It's not. That's not bad at all. That's pretty good for being a guy who's being discussed as a end of day three player. I think he also did special teams as well. I believe he also was a punt returner as well. Yes, receiving, um, specialist. receiving specialist, wide outside zone rush attack. He's going to be a guy. I could almost see if he doesn't end up catching on as like a starter. That reminds me of Deion Lewis, a guy who can roll out either way. He might see five rushes a game but he's going to be involved in 10 to 12 touches a game because he's going to see seven passes thrown his way. 
Um, but CJ Maribel, the last guy we really got this week. Gary, anything else you want to touch on? Um, not really a small school guy, but I was just thinking about it when we started talking about earlier about um, David Mills. But oh, what the heck was his first name? His last, the dude from Maryland, the running back, Funk. Yes, Jake Funk. Remember we discussed him a little bit in one of our other episodes. Let's see. Um, had some injury trouble, but a the, lot of injury trouble. The stats when he was on the field were very good. Over a hundred yards most games. Um, uh, let's see. Twenty twenty season, he had sixty attempts for five hundred sixteen yards and three touchdowns, but averaged eight point six yards a carry. Yeah. Um, I like what Funk brings to it. I think Funk is going to be another guy that, given the opportunity to learn behind somebody, can can do well. Yeah, I, and um, I don't know if it was his pro day or what, but I saw some like tape on him. The dude's athletic as heck. Yes. I like it. I'm a big fan of what he can bring. Um, anybody else? Nobody that comes to mind... Then I think. Oh, do you want to maybe Sam Ellen Ellinger? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say it's like a, like a small school. No, but like obviously out of Texas, it's a guy that he, two three years ago was a guy who was almost in Heisman consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's got the ability to still try to win and and be a good pro player. But I, I watched his pro day; it was pretty bad. You never know, man. Sometimes those guys just lose. Look at Jake Fromm. Yeah, true. I will say this will be the last you hear of random players. Yeah. Come Monday, you guys will officially get the final dose of our mock draft. And if you listen, it will come Wednesday. And if you listen to us next Friday, and we sound a little loopy, mind your business. Um, <laughs> because we are going to be live on air Thursday night. Once draft round one closes, we're going to go right to the microphones and record our Friday episode for release bright and early Friday. Well, I'll be sleeping still. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to get you guys the most up-to-the-date, possible, intelligent conversation we can. And we're excited for it, man. We, Gary yeah. and I are ready to go on Team No Sleep next week. Yeah, Team No Sleep. Um, we love engaging with people talking about football, so... Check in on our stream. We'll... Seriously, if any of you guys are listening to this that do not follow us on social media yet, uh, on Facebook at Fantasy Beast FB Pod. I believe it's FB Pod. I don't think it's FB Podcast. Um, Fantasy Beast FB Pod on Facebook at Tiki Tribe TV on the Twitch machine. Mm-hmm. If you guys jump on, don't be shy. We are here. Yes, we're going to obviously get our job done. We're going to talk about what's going on in the draft. But we want to have fun. We want to talk with you guys. You guys want to come on and ask us what our favorite color is? Ask away. You guys want to ask about what prospect we like the most? Go ahead and ask. Gary, as you were going to say, because I back you on this all day. All we ask is interaction and... Respect. uh, Respect. Nothing. No... No... like, out-of-control kind of... Yeah, we're the first two that will joke around, we'll, we'll play around, we'll have fun. Uh, we just don't need people stepping over the line. We're all here to have a good time, guys. Um, so, really, jump on if you guys want, want you guys don't have anything to do for the draft. 
We thank you guys. We've seen we have over 5,000 listeners at this yeah, point. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, for being a show that's still in infancy, we couldn't be more excited, and we want to have you guys come and jump on and be a part of the show. Mm-hmm. We really yeah. do. With it being the off season, it's really cool to see our numbers Absolutely. skyrocket a little bit. So, guys, until next week, we thank you guys for jumping on, for listening, for caring. We hope you guys see some of these guys' names get taken in the draft next week. Maybe to your favorite teams. And... Until next time, you keep on looking for those fantasy beasts, we'll tell you exactly where to find them. Cue the music.